Good morning. Welcome back to Chop for Time. I'm Devin. I'm here with Ben and Sean. Thomas has vacated the building. He's taking care of the coffee shop this week. Forever. <laughs> so nobody um, bless him it was such a blessing to go over there if you haven't been over to the 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 nook man go nook there the cranny. coffee is good yeah. it is wonderful and it's wonderful he can do those little swirl swans get him to do some creamer he can man he's pretty good at that kind of stuff so anyways if you haven't already please subscribe and hit the like button that's going to get it out to more people as well as give you notification when it comes out let's open up with the word of prayer pastor would you open us up yes god thank you just <laughs> the the list is uh, inexhaustible of things that we need to be thanking you for but for right now we thank you for this time together and we pray for ourselves we pray for everyone watching everyone listening that lord that you would take this conversation to enrich our hearts deepen our relationship with you and draw us even closer into your presence in jesus name amen Well, excited to be back, excited about the message and the series that you're doing. It is just wonderful revelation. I mean, just the spirit of God, and I love what you're doing. So fantastic message yesterday. Um, would you mind giving us a recap? The fruit of the spirit. Amen. Uh, and really wanted to approach it this week from, and I made the statement yesterday, is like it needs to be more than just a list that we memorize and sing real catchy songs about in Sunday school and kids' churches we're growing up. There, there is a weight to this passage of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Spent a, a good deal of time talking about living in light of eternity. And if we live with eternity in focus, then the fruit of the Spirit has to be what drives us. Yes. Another good catch right there, man. Another good catch. Um, but that has to be what drives us. And um, presented this thought that it's a singular fruit. Mm. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. And we don't even know if it's an exhaustive list. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we know that there's nine that Paul mentions right. to the church at Galatia. But it is a singular fruit with n- at least nine different elements mm-hmm. to it. And I presented the quote that I, I was hit with earlier this week of the one of the purposes the author believed for the singularity of the fruit was that if any of the nine elements were missing, it could be identified as counterfeit fruit, mm-hmm. that it wasn't actually the fruit of the Spirit, which that in itself carries a gravity Straight to the heart. Right. Yeah, it's like because I think the way I had one gentleman after the message yesterday say, I've always kind of approached the fruit of the spirit kind of like the the body analogy that Paul uses frequently. It's like, you know, some of you are an eye, some of you are not, and that's okay. Uh, and he was like, you know, I just I'm not an eye, so I never really focused on trying to do what an eye does in mm-hmm. the body. He said, I always kind of looked at the fruit of the spirit that way too. It's like, well, I'm 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 good with this self control thing. Maybe gentleness. Yeah, you know, God's just not called me to gentleness. I just need to be more self-controlled. He's like, and then you said that, and he said that just ruined my whole morning. I was like, I don't know if I would go with ruined or not, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's just there's there's a weight to that, um, 
And then we we really looked at the importance of Jesus in John 15 being the true vine that we need to remain connected to. Yes. And it, it was there's always this concern whenever you're dealing with the Trinity mm-hmm. because we have Holy Spirit dwelling in us, yeah. which is the very presence of God himself. But sometimes the compartmentalizing part of our brains makes big differences yes. between the the Godhead, the three parts of the Godhead. It's like, well, John 15 is talking about Jesus, so that doesn't apply to us because we don't have Jesus. It's like, no, we don't have Jesus. We just have his spirit that dwells spirit in us. So it's the same thing. Yes. So... John 15 was talking about Jesus being the true vine, which is 100% accurate. In our lives, present day, it's his Holy Spirit that's the true vine. Mm-hmm. Same principle, same concept. Uh, and then we used a little bit of an Old Testament parable. I love when we can go back and find something in the Old Testament yes. that that gives us a little bit of a contrasting thing out of Isaiah 5, 1 through 5, about this, this vineyard that God had prepared for his people, that he made it perfect. I mean, there was nothing wrong. God actually says, I want you to judge between me and my vineyard. What else could I have done for you? Mm -hmm. Uh, And he shows us in Isaiah 5, without Christ, without the Holy Spirit being the, the true vine that we're connected to, he shows how miserably short we fall, even in the perfect conditions. Right. Um, I think you said stinky fruit. Yeah, yeah. He said, I looked for you to produce grapes, and you brought forth wild grapes. Yeah. And wild grapes really isn't the greatest translation there because it really it means stinky, mm. rotten. Yucky. Like, I, I looked for you to bring forth good fruit, and you brought forth rotten fruit. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, it was a it's kind of a weighty message, but I, I really hope that it was. Mm. Because whenever we deal with the fruit of the Spirit, you know, it's such a... It's such a little jingle in our head that I think that sometimes we get so familiar with that we become tone deaf to it. Mm-hmm. And and that was what I was really not wanting to happen yesterday. Mm-hmm. Well, it's greatly appreciated that you're diving into the Holy Spirit, you know, and really personalizing. So he's not an it. Mm-hmm. He's not a force person of the Godhood. And I and I love that he's called the Spirit of the Father and of the Son. So if he's dwelling in you, you, yeah. you know that's it right there. So so mind blowing, you know it is. It yeah. is. You know you could really get into that one. And one of these days we really got to take a look at and just kind of dive into that. Yeah. Uh, however, let's let's do a takeaway, and um, I'm gonna start with myself, and then we'll just work around. It'll just mean Sean here today. So, but uh, takeaway for me was the fruit of the Spirit. The word fruit, you know, not fruits. And I, and I love, you know, when you were talking about the guy that said, hey, I was, you know, convicted. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that I was convicted on myself. You know, I mean, that's free because we do. We often differentiate. Oh, well, hey, you know, and I love that you said, hey, if you don't, if there's not a totality of this, you can't have, you can't be impatient and all of a sudden be loving. You know, it just doesn't work like that, yeah. you know, because that is love is patient, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's not there, you're not in the spirit. And I just love that cut to the heart. You know, I, I think that powerful preaching comes when, you know, you're cut to the heart and you need to repent. You know, I had to repent because, you know, I think I'm spiritual. But, you know, hey, if you're not in the spirit, then you're not walking. If you're not patient, if you're not loving, if you're not peaceable, it, you can have all the think you have all the rest of them. But 
if that one's gone, mm-hmm. you know, then it's not really working. So that was what stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And got to look more into that, you know, because I want to grow in Christ. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a person who thinks they're spiritual, but escaping one of those <laughs> yeah, uh, fruit right. of the spirit right there. Uh, Sean, what about you, brother? Yeah, I think uh, my takeaway was definitely that idea that it's not fruits of the spirit. It's a fruit. I know we talked about that earlier. It's like I've never heard that before. So hearing that was really cool. And I also love using John 15. I love the vine reference and being attached to the vine. I think sometimes when we hear, oh, we're attached to the vine, we're good. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's still going to hurt. You know, mm-hmm. pruning's not not an easy task. It's, mm-hmm. you know, cutting away the bad. Um, it makes me think of a, a, a video I saw one time. This guy was chiseling away at somebody. And he said, I'm making you a better man, and it's not going to be pleasant. It's going to hurt. It's going to it's gonna suck, but it's for your it's for your good you know yes. um because you know he would take the chisel and start hitting the spot and the guy'd go ah, stop that hurts and he goes do you want do you want to be a better man mm-hmm. and then move on to another spot and they, i mean it's like a really tender spot he's like ah, I, I can't i'm done you know it hurts too bad and he goes we can be done you can you can be an incomplete piece you can be a broken piece but mm-hmm. you're never going to be right you're never going to be you know you're never going to be um that nice image that we want. So I think um, it's good to be on the vine, but be expecting to, you know, be pruned. Yeah. Amen. A masterpiece. Good stuff right there. Um, So one of the things we talked about this week was abiding. Mm-hmm. John 15, you know, we, since you were in that passage of looking at abiding and, and, you know, oftentimes we have those people that come in once a week or, even us ourselves, how do I abide? How well, you know, abide, remain in, stay in, or different translations. So I thought, you know, we could take, we talked about earlier, taking a look at this abiding, this remaining, this staying in, because that is the way to be fruitful. Yeah. Um, how do you so do it? So let's look at a few passages, but you have a quote that you were going to share with us. Yeah, yeah, it's from J.C. Ryle. And as we were talking this morning, just about, you know, what does that look like? You know, because you hear the abide, remain. That's great. Mm-hmm. We can throw those words out there. But what what's some practicality behind that? And J.C. Ryle has a quote that says, To abide in Christ means to keep up a habit of constant, close communion with him, to be always leaning on him, resting on him, pouring out our hearts to him, and using him as a foundation for our life and strength as our chief companion and best friend. Mm. And I think he th- he mentions a few things in here yes. that, that really kind of stand out that I think would be worth our time this morning and, and the time of everyone listening to, okay, let's let's look at some scripture that backs up this quote. Amen. Amen. I like that. You know, there's so many great words in there, you know, just uh, pouring out, remaining up, you know, so just those things right there, waiting. Um, let's, let's, matter of fact, waiting. Let's talk about that. What does it mean to wait? Psalm 27, 14, I think you have a passage for us. Yeah, uh, Psalm 27, 14 says, um, well, I'm going to start in 13. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I just think um, this passage is good because when we think about what that word abide is and remain in me, you know, um, we always get the sense of we got to be doing something. God's got to be pointing me to something. 
sometimes he calls us to wait and not wait as in like um, what you were saying in your sermon, you know, just sitting in that same exact spot waiting. It's a, you know, waiting, but you're still working. It's still, I'm still going to read every day. I'm still going to have this relationship Mm -hmm. between us. But um, understanding and taking heart that he is going to come back. He is going to, he is going to point you somewhere. He's going to give you something to do, but you just got to wait. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting in the kingdom of God is an active stance that we take. Right. It's not passive. And we you know, talked about that a couple of weeks ago, kind of laughingly because we're all guilty of it is why it's so funny. Um, whenever Jesus ascended, you know, he said, wait and I will send the comforter. Right. I will send Holy Spirit. And they just stood there. Like he ascended. He was like, just wait, I'm coming back. Somebody's coming to help you. And he's like, okay. And it took an angel, you know, an angelic visitation. And the angel was like, so guys, what are you doing? We're waiting. He told us to wait. And he was like, that's not what he meant. Go, go into the city, go pray. It's an act of, it's a seeking. It's a, it's a pursuing. Amen. Uh, and that we don't we don't wait well, just as a culture. That's right. Um, but um, it, you know, waiting is not me sitting here doing nothing. Right. It's seeking after God. Mm. It's still pushing on towards that goal. Right. I. Yeah. You know, I think about waiting at the doctor's office, boring, you know, uh, you know, twiddling my thumbs or on my phone, flipping through mm-hmm. stuff. Definitely not what God's calling us on that waiting, because that's not abiding. You know, right. I mean, I am in the, in the doctor's office, but I'm not really there. But I like, you know, somebody once told me that waiting is like a waiter. They're, they're waiting upon the people over there to order. Mm-hmm. You know, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? Let me get that. Do you need another drink? You know, that's waiting, serving God while you're waiting upon the Lord. And I think that's what it is. You're attentive to what God's directions are for your service. You know, yeah. and I think that's a great, that was somebody I was like, oh, I think I could do that. Well, and just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, this is, this is not going completely rogue, uh, but something that just <laughs> kind of, you know, I, I think that we struggle so much with that inactivity. Yes. Um, because we see a couple examples out of scripture. What we're guilty of is whenever there's not something just like super actively happening and, and God's like laying things down right in front of us, we kind of see the King Saul concept. Because like Saul was anointed king. Right. And then the very next day they were looking for him and they couldn't find him. Saul had no idea what being a king meant. Mm. So he just went back to his dad's farm. Right. And was just doing what he's always done. Peter, after Jesus was crucified, he's like, well, guess that's it. I'm going fishing. Who wants okay. to go fishing? It's right. like we we have this in these moments of trying to wait on the Lord. We have this default button of just like, well, must be over. I'll just go back to doing what I've always done. Right. You know? Yeah. Just I mean, do what's comfortable. Yeah. Kind of like uh, what Kelly had preached about mm-hmm. a while back. We just go back to whatever fulfills our momentary satisfaction yeah, needs. Well, good stuff. Um, so let's move on. So waiting is, I think, an important term right there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean just to be still yeah. Yeah. and twiddle your thumbs. It means to, you know, actively attentive, seeing what God has, you know, what's his direction for you. Uh, let's move to um, Psalm 37. Love yeah. this passage. One of my favorite passages in the Bible, Psalms 37, uh, I think three through seven. And we'll look at that because this really has some good abide stuff in it. Yeah. Verse three, 
starting there with uh, Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will surely live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper prosper, or fret about their wicked schemes. Man, powerful <laughs> passage and so many things. I know we often do that, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires. Doesn't mean we just can uh, reach out and claim it, name it and claim it and stuff like that. This is a total different aspect. Pastor, break out some stuff right there. So many powerful things. Oh man, yeah. The uh, trust, take delight. And I think verse five really just hits the nail on the head here because it, it's great to say that you know he's going to give us the desires of our heart right but what that's wrapped around contextually here may not be what we want to hear yes uh, verse five commit everything you do to the lord Powerful. trust him and he will help you commit everything you do to the lord that that's what jumped i mean there's so much here that can jump out at you but that's what really got me because abiding remaining waiting that's that's a thing of commitment yes like i'm going to commit to abiding i'm going to commit to remaining i'm going to commit to waiting even when we're going through a pruning process that may be uncomfortable yes. even when i'm going through a dark time even when i'm going through a you know a, a dry time in my life i'm going to make sure that i am committed and i'm not going to allow the external things around me mm. to determine what's happening internally in my life amen amen sean what about you brother yeah i just think that verse five um you know i'm running through my head all the things that i commit to you know i'm, I'm a committed student i'm a committed you know i like to do sports i'm committed to that i'm committed to you know church i'm committed to this and i think there's sometimes we can commit ourselves to death almost you know like mm -hmm. um I always hear the phrase, you got too many irons in the fire, you know, you mm. have too much stuff going on. But if the if we're not committed to the Lord the way I'm committed to ABC, then something's wrong. And, mm. and I'm guilty of that, mm. you know. And, you know, I can see, like, you know, commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will do these awesome things. But, man, that commit, you, that's such a hard thing. You got to yeah. be sure you buckle in and, like you said, through thick and thin, through through the hard times and the easy times, um, you know, I think it is good for hard times because that's when we see Lord, the Lord take over. Mm -hmm. um, I think where I struggle is the easy times, the, you know, just got out of that hole that I dug myself into and I pick up a shovel again and start back at it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it, it's, you know, that idea that, okay, I'm out of it. I can do it on my own again. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Well, I think what you're talking about there goes back to the very first challenge that we opened with yesterday morning is that living in light of eternity. Yes. You know, when we're when we're committed, everything in our lives, you know, we have to look at our commitments and go, okay, is this commitment living in light of eternity mm. or living in light of now? Mm. Amen. And that's tough, man.
Well, you know, it, it just reminds me when we're talking about this passage right here, you said at the end, self-control is not how many things you can say no to. It's saying yes to the one thing that everything else pales in comparison. Mm-hmm. And I just love that because really it's the commitment to Christ. Yeah. I'm committed and therefore I'm remaining. I'm steadfast. I am doing the things that make that connection and all those things. Trusting. You can't trust something you don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to. I mean, if I didn't believe this chair was going to hold me up, I wouldn't sit in it, you know. So I have to, you know, but I know that I've sat in enough chairs that I think this one's going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just so it, it is so those trusting, remaining, dwelling in, you know, I, I think those are one, dwell in the land. What does that mean? I mean, do I need to go to a certain place? No, it's just dwell where God has you and do and then wait on him and and, and see the direction that he's going. It's so powerful passage. Really love that. And it's not that he's going to give me the desires of my heart like he's going to give me a new house, new car, new this, new, and and a a million dollars in the bank account because I love all those things. Those are really desires of my heart. But, you know, so those are things. But it's really he's going to transform me so that his desires for me are the ones that I'm going to all of a sudden find myself doing. And I love that. Matthew 6, 33, man. Yes. Seek first the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. his righteousness, and then all of these things should be added unto you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, we have one more passage I'm going to slip over. It's going to be Psalms 62, 8. Let me get over there for just here in just a second. So um, it says, and I love this, Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge, a place to go, a place to dwell in, a refuge for us. So trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. I'll start. You know, one thing about this passage that I really like is is the pouring out. Mm -hmm. Part of dwelling, I believe, is making a connection. You know, if we're making a connection to Christ, then, you know, that means I'm I'm doing something. I know connection with people comes from talking and communicating and sharing and doing stuff. It's why we eat together at church and have fellowship. Hey, you know, uh, those are wonderful things. And I'm making, so pouring out my heart is expressing myself to God. Oh, he wants to hear from this. He doesn't want me to remain silent. He wants to talk. To, he wants to hear my pitiful little cries, you know. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. And so that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't ever get tired. I get tired of hearing myself, but he never gets tired yeah. of me. I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. I uh, I kind of went back a little bit here. Verse 6 before that. Um, kind of what gives Ooh. kind of what gives me I that uh, mm. that that assurance. Mm. There's. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. And just that uh, that that trust comes from that place of that that cleft of the rock, man, that Psalm 91 concept of being sheltered yes. under his wing and that's, you know, when we're when we're pouring out our heart, I pour out my heart to people I trust. Amen. You know, I guard my heart, man. Yes. Um, maybe sometimes too much, mm. but I truly pour myself out and my heart out to the people that I trust the most. And what what more reliable, trustworthy source is there mm-hmm. than God mm. to just pour myself out to? Amen. Yeah. Love Him because you first loved us, yeah. John. Yeah, I. You know, you guys hit the nail on the head. It's kind of hard to. <laughs> come back after that um but yeah no i think just that idea that um pouring out is such a hard thing to do pouring out your heart is a hard thing it's hard to 
put down that wall because I'm the same way. It's like a, you know, um, it, it, it was hard for me to open up about what I've struggled with, what I've been through. And I really didn't start that until I did camp teams. Mm -hmm. And that first week of camp team, like the first uh, training week of camp teams, it's go, go, go. You know, you're training here, you're training at this camp, and then you're um, all of a sudden you're in a room with your team. It's like, okay, we got to share our testimonies. And it's like, man, how much of my testimony am I going to share? You know, do I really trust these people? But um, it's just such a powerful time because it's people being vulnerable. And just that vulnerability is such a strong drive Mm -hmm. to talk about God because, you know, being vulnerable around him, he already knows what what we're going through. He's not going to be disappointed in us. He's not going to be shocked in us. You know, he, like... It, it it baffles me when I am scared to get vulnerable with God because why? Why am I why am I scared to be vulnerable around him? Mm-hmm. You know? Amen. Amen. Good stuff. I um let's do a takeaway from just these passages. Um to me, I always think practicality. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to look at how do I make connections here on earth and then, you know, hey, because that Jesus talked in parables, you know, and he said, hey, this is a real life kind of situation. Here's how it is, works in heaven, you know. And I just look at, you know, when I talk about connections, and these are sound, you know, people like, oh, you know. But yeah, reading God's word, mm-hmm. connection. Yeah. Um, praying to God, connection. Uh, fellowship, connection. Those are all three things that we should be practical because I love God. And I want to fall deeper in love with him. So I, I, you can't fall in love with somebody you don't spend any time with. Mm-hmm. You know, as a matter of fact, the more you're away from that person, the less you start loving them. It just, that's why people get divorced all the time. And we don't want to get divorced from God. We want to spend time with him. So these are things he wants to fall deeper in love with. He wants us to fall. So I think that's it. You know, when we talk about abiding, it's just, man, I need to make a connection with him. And I got to keep working on making a connection. It's just not going to be some kind of magical thing. It takes work, you know, so I think that's it. Sean? Yeah, I think my takeaway is just that same idea, you know, um, going to school five hours away from home. I've uh, had a couple best friends that have, I would say, lost the best part of that friend just because I'm not around them. I'm not talking to them. I'm you know, lost connection just because mm-hmm. of how busy the year is, you know? Um, so just that, I love the way you said that, you know, um, that it's a constant relationship that we have to pour into it. it it's hard to have a best friend that you don't talk to yes. more than once a year. Um, so yeah, I think that'd be my takeaway and just having that trust in him, being able to pour everything out to him. Amen. Pastor. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it's the, it's the connection part of it. We, we all, you know, one of the things that J.C. Ryle talked about in there was a constant communion yes. with God. And, and communion is basically common unity, you yes. know, finding places of common unity. And we all talk about in the church world about how important it is for us to live in community with fellow believers. However, if we're not walking in community and communion and common unity with God— mm then the foundation that we're trying to build our community on is going to be shifting sand because that's when it becomes going to try to stay off of a rabbit trail here. That's when we begin to find ourselves 
identifying with a group of people more out of what our ideology is right. rather than our theology. Mm. It's the who thinks the same that I do, who uh, you know has this same moral compass, who believes the same politically as I do, who believes the same this way, and who has the same ideas that I have. Whenever we're not building our communion first with God, mm. then we begin to build communion with each other. And if it's not first established vertically, then our horizontal communion is going to be based on our ideology rather than the one who unifies us, mm. unifies us from a belief standpoint. Powerful, powerful. Otherwise, it just becomes a social club. That's it. You could do anything anywhere with that. You and know? we really meet at a weird hour on a weird day for a social club, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, Amen. Oh, great stuff. Thanks for uh, sharing, guys. You did a wonderful job. So we want to thank you for joining in with us today. And again, please hit that like and subscribe button. Um, if you have any questions or comments, please just type them in and, and we will seek them out and try to answer back. Uh, if you would like to connect here, you can look us up at FCCGrayson.com or you can give us a call. We would love to hear from you. If you don't have a church home, we would invite you and love to participate with you. Come on into FCC Grayson. We meet every week at uh, 1030 here at in, in Grayson. So uh, we would love to have your fellowship and grow in Christ together. So with that, uh, let's uh, close out in a word of prayer. Sean, would you close us out, brother? Yeah. Dear Lord, uh, thank you for just bringing us here together today. Lord, I just pray that um, this goes out and reaches people that it needs to. I pray that um, you are just with, with us constantly and you can, um, we are constantly building into that relationship that is so important. Lord, um, thank you for all that you do for us. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen.